0: Everything that happened following the Big Ten championship game, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but this is what really matters now. Because that's right. We are in Los Angeles, and it's time for the Rose Bowl. Six days away, we have the Rose Bowl game. Michigan versus Alabama. Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked on Wolverines. You are locked on Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire 3 USA Today Sports Media Group, and I am here on the ground in. My former home, Los Angeles, California, uh, although I did not live downtown, which is where I currently am. So you'll be seeing a little, if you're watching, you'll be seeing a little bit more of this view. Uh, maybe some others, but chances are it's going to be mostly this view. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Michigan is on route to Los Angeles. It may be here by the time we are recording this. As I know, as they had boarded their plane. And they are coming out here to face Alabama. Alabama is also arriving today. Not on the schedule, but I did confirm it just to be sure. Uh, Nonetheless, it's a very exciting week. Great to walk into the hotel and etched on the doors here at the Media Hotel is both the, the Michigan and Alabama logos as well as the college football playoff insignia. There is signage everywhere that just goes to show how big this is. Uh, that uh, it has taken over a, uh, and I'm, I, certainly this is not the only hotel, this is just the media hotel, They're, the other two teams are staying downtown Los Angeles as well somewhere, and uh, so now we're getting into this place where it's really becoming real, right? And what I really like about what Michigan has done, and I know Alabama's already done this, Nick Saban's talked about it uh, on the uh, the Zoom call the day after the Big Ten Championship game, after they were announced, uh, he was talking about how they don't necessarily overwhelm their players. They try to they say that they, they try to go more with the uh, the body knowledge and then the head knowledge, right. They try to to get go into practices and they kind of taper down. Michigan's taking the opposite approach, uh, which is uh, kind of infusing both, uh, but not necessarily, but they're still not actually uh, inundating the players as far as practices are concerned. Certainly, that changes this week. Because we are in game week. Um, Michigan, I don't know that they practice tomorrow. I'm sure that they do, but there is the Disneyland event. So uh, that will, if you are in uh, greater Los Angeles, now keep in mind, Disneyland is in Anaheim, which is down in Orange County, south of L.A. Uh, but they will be doing their parade through uh, Main Street, uh, down in front of the diminutive castle of Disneyland. Uh, as well as Alabama, so they they do have that going on. They've got a bunch of different events kind of going on throughout. Uh, I don't know how many are public. Doesn't seem like this bowl game necessarily has uh, a ton of uh, public spectacles. I don't know if they're going to be ve- around at the Rose Bowl bash, but certainly the Michigan marching band will be, and that will be a fun time. Um, it, it's kind of funny. It's, the the Outback Bowl might have been the most like accessible. Bowl that I mean I I think you can also add the citrus bowl to that. It's funny the 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 more lower tiered bowls that I've gone to at least have had more opportunity for public interaction with the team. I remember the Outback Bowl they had a beach day and people were coming and get taking their pictures with players and stuff. Uh Everyone was gathering around and watching them play uh, football on the beach and uh, all of that. I still occasionally post the uh, Devin Bush video from that as a meme whenever I'm watching a game and a quarterback makes a really weird, errant throw. <laughs> uh, but uh, they had that. You know, there was, uh, the, at the Citrus Bowl, the arcade uh, uh, day was something that people could go to. Uh, they uh, There's always certain things that, that is, are more public-facing than this. Um, but there's a lot of fun behind the scenes. they love the Lowry Beef Bowl and uh, different things like that. But they will also obviously be engaging in practice and we'll get to start going to those friday and saturday well we'll get to see a little bit of uh, how michigan is preparing not much obviously they're not going to show us anything we're not going to be able to sit sit there and be like oh wow they just put out this crazy new formation and and they're they're going all air raid you know we're not going to be able to garner anything like that but we will be able to to glean some things from that as well but now it is really real it is go time it's, we're at the point now where Michigan and Alabama are on site, or at least they will be here within probably two hours, and it will actually be time to really truly prepare. It is game week. Christmas time is over. So I'm very really excited just to see kind of how Michigan does prepare for this because as I talked about a little bit about the actual practicing and all of that stuff, as we all know, Michigan is not prepared very well for some of its bowl games. Now, it's not necessarily fully Michigan's fault. I just wrote a piece on ESPN predicting Michigan to lose. No, big shocker. Um, but it's, it's not necessarily Michigan's fault. We've talked about this ad nauseum over the years. But uh, out of all the bowl games, there's probably two in which they wanted to win and could and should have. And that's probably that 2017 Outback Bowl against South Carolina. They squandered a 19-point lead in that game. Uh, and the uh, I wouldn't say that they wanted to win that game. Certainly, they did not want to be in the Outback Bowl, but they should have won that game. The other one being TCU last year. Outside of that, I mean, there there's only you know two other bowl games that Michigan's wanted to win and just was not able to. And it makes sense that they weren't able to. You've got... Alabama in 2019, Alabama didn't really want to be there. Michigan, I don't think, wanted to be there, but at least recognized, hey, it's Alabama, we can, we can beat the, the team that perennially wins national championships in the Citrus Bowl, uh, but Alabama, especially looking back in hindsight, a lot of talent on that team. Uh, Georgia would be the o- other, other one, but at the same time, Michigan, as they will, the players who were on that team will tell you, we were kind of more just happy to be there. I don't think it would have mattered, you know, you know, just kind of given the personnel having Jordan Davis and some of those types of players that uh, Georgia had. The funny thing is, I'm sure a lot of you are kind of in a similar boat. I don't even really remember that game. It is it is wild. I, just, I do not really remember that game. But now Michigan's going to go up against an Alabama team that is very good. I don't think they're unbeatable. I don't think this is anywhere close to Nick Saban's best team. This is probably his worst playoff team that he's had. Uh, I would say it's probably at at least worse than even the 2014 team that lost to Ohio State. Uh, But it's going to be incumbent upon Michigan to do some certain things uh, in order to win the game. We're going to detail a few of those here coming up next. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the early enrollees uh, that are going to be here on site, who I'm looking forward to seeing when we do get to those practices on Friday and Saturday. So we've got a lot of that coming up here. Uh, And so we're going to move on. But before we do move on, passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at eBay Motors. Sorry, eBay, yeah, eBayMotors.com. I said that correctly. eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, so Michigan has got to do a lot of things. We've talked a lot about this game over the course of the last few weeks, of course, ever since this game was announced. Um, it, it's There's the a lot of the obvious things that Michigan has to do, somewhat contain Jalen Milrow. But I would go a step further. I think getting pressure on Jalen Milrow. Get him to a point where he wants to escape the pocket, right? And he, he is not this unbeatable force. We've talked about that. He is certainly a player that you can force into mistakes, and I think what Michigan probably needs in this game in order to win is to be in the positive when it comes to the turnover margin. Now, Michigan does do better in the turnover margin than Alabama. Alabama's no slouch. Michigan has been, especially uh, in recent uh, memory here, has been very, very good at, at being ball hawks. This is not something that Michigan was doing the last few years, but with this, you know, so-called pillars that they always talk about, Michigan has been very good at getting the football, and we've seen that even in the big games. Penn State, uh, they had the takeaway. Uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't an interception; it was a fumble. I believe that was the only one that I can recall. And uh, against Ohio State, the two interceptions against Iowa, multiple, uh, you know, fumbles and such, uh, all you know, mostly forced by Mikey Sainer. Still, the one by Braden McGregor. So there's a lot of opportunities for Michigan uh, here. Uh, I, I don't necessarily say that there's a lot of opportunities in Alabama, but Michigan needs to make opportunities, and that's kind of what it's done. It hasn't just been other teams gifting uh, them, right? You look at the Ohio State game. You look at how the the final interception happened. That was a, a situ, you know obviously a situation where Jalen Harrell uh, forces a an errant throw uh which ends up going right in the arms of rod moore. You look at the Will Johnson interception. Uh that was obviously a uh uh him baiting Kyle McCord into the that play against Penn State. It's uh it, it's a Jalen, sorry, not Jalen, Junior Colson making a play. So it I think that that's Michigan just needs to Michigan needs to be as aggressive as possible when it comes to that. Uh this isn't quite like I, I, I would be fine, unlike what Michigan did last year against TCU. I did not really like the defensive game plan against TCU from the jump. All out blitzes all the time. I understood the, the mentality of if you get to Max Duggan, then you know, he's going to make mistakes and things aren't going to go well. But it just didn't end, up being that, didn't end up being the case last year. So I think the other part is Michigan needs to be quick to adjust, not slow right? Whatever you thought you saw on film, if it's not working early, you need to move on to something else, right? That would have been what I would have advised last year for the defense in terms of, hey, the all-out blitzes aren't working. Even when we're getting to him, he's making spectacular plays while he's halfway down to the ground. So if Michigan decides, hey, we're going to go out all-out blitz to Jalen Milrow, and he starts, uh, you know, finding the, uh the, you know, the spot where the, the man would have been that blitzed, if he ends up escaping and making big runs, things of that nature, then I'd say, like, okay, keep everything in front of you. I don't know what, exactly what Michigan's going to do, uh, and hopefully it's kind of a mix of everything to kind of keep things off kilter, keep Jalen Milrow confused, and certainly that would be, I think, the biggest key is just confuse Jalen Milrow, right? When, when, he, when he drops back to pass, if he doesn't know what he's looking at, you have to keep in mind he is a young quarterback. He is not necessarily uh, well versed in uh, in facing complex coverages. What you did with Marvin Harrison and being like, I did not understand what I was looking at. Essentially, <laughs> I think that that would be a smart move by Michigan to just do as much as you can to confuse him. And that I think the not the rest. Jace McClellan, if he does come back, he's a very good running back. Uh, but I think that that would that would go a long way, right? offensively for Michigan, they, they've just got to be really smart. And obviously we, we all know that the, the middle of that defense for Alabama is kind of the susceptible point. You can expect big game from Colston Loveland, uh, from A.J. Barner. Uh, I would love to see Donovan Edwards incorporated much more into the game plan in terms of a, being a pass threat. Um, and this would be a game where I think that if you have some smart trick plays, don't do the Philly special on fourth down. That's, that's dumb. I'm sorry, that is dumb. Don't do that. Uh thankfully Matt Weiss is not around <laughs> to call that play anymore, but uh be smart, right? Like if if you're on the 2-yard line and you're going for it on fourth down, uh by all means bring in Khalil Mullings and I understand that people last year after he fumbled the ball would be like, oh, I don't know about that." But I mean, clearly someone like him or, or just Blake, then that's that's the way to go, right? You pick a running back and go with it. If it doesn't work, okay, you gave it your college best, right? Um, but uh, I would love to see those flea flickers, the the running back pop pass, uh, different reverses and things. But because Alabama does have team speed, what I don't want to see is some of the stuff that we saw Josh Gaddis call against Georgia, which were some slow developing plays, which were like, that's just not going to work. It's kind of a similar idea here when you're going up against Dallas Turner then that edge rushing crew, I mean, they, they, are, they are head and shoulders better than anyone they've faced. Uh, you think of it as having two Chop Robinsons on the outside pretty much at all times. Not a lot of depth, but, I mean, they, they, they really have a couple guys that can really go really hard. So I think that if you can be smart about it, I would love to see some quick game in this one, uh, which Michigan has not really typically done. But you need to find a way to win the game, and that's what they say they do. So I will be interested to see if they uh, do exactly that. Same concept here. If, if something's not working, go away from it. If the run game is not working, I'm not saying go away from it, but find a different way to make the run game work. The quarterback's legs is one of the things. And here's the thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. J.J. McCarthy was significantly banged up. We, we do talk about that in general. He's, he, there were certain things that I know that I can't share because they would absolutely murder me. Uh that like even in the Iowa game, he was he was way more banged up than was ever let on. Uh so it's I, now that he's healthy, I, I believe he's pretty close to fully healthy now. Uh it is a different different ball game for him. Um but so using the quarterback's legs, you finding ways to like the screen game essentially could work as a, a de facto run game. That works quick game and run game at the same time getting Samaj Morgan involved in, in some smart ways. Uh, you've got to find ways to take pressure off of that front, even though the middle of that defense, I know we're going to all look at that Alabama front and say, okay, you, you saw Auburn have all this success. Listen, this is a different deal than that Auburn game. Alabama could sit there and say, that's a rival, but I'm going to look on paper and see what Auburn is, and I don't really even have to show up with my best in order to win this game. Now, you hope that Alabama shows up with that mentality against Michigan. I think it's unlikely, but at the same time, this is not the same Alabama team as the last one that won the national championship in 2020. So, uh, with that in mind, I mean, you take advantage of what you can take advantage. And uh, I do disagree with, I can't remember who it was that said this. It was some national pundit that said that uh, Alabama... Uh, wants Michigan to drive the field. And that's not something Michigan is very good at. No, Michigan is exemplary at that. What I want to see from Michigan is not that I want to see some explosion for once all year. This has been, can, can you sit there and recall many explosive plays from Michigan outside of like the 10 to 20 yard variety? There aren't a lot. It isn't like 2021 where they're just, you know, running from the 20 downfield. Right. I think that some explosion is absolutely necessary in this game. You've got some players that can make it happen, so you, but you need to find a way to do it smartly. Obviously, Alabama is a secondary, is a strength, as is our, are their edge rushers. There's not going to be a lot of capability, but scheming up some smart plays to somehow take advantage of what Alabama has or lack of what it has going in the middle I think is really, really crucial. All right, we are going to move on, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the early enrollees because there are multiple players who are going to be practicing with this Michigan team. No, they won't be participating in the game, but I do think that it's one of the more intriguing things that happens in uh, bowl week the last couple years. So let's discuss that here in just a moment. I'll tell you what, really interesting here, being in downtown Los Angeles, when I lived here four years ago, or it's not four years ago, I lived here for four years, 11 years ago. Uh, well, ending 11 years ago. Downtown LA was not a place that you went, and it's certainly a different place than it was before. Quite the journey getting here. Uh, <laughs> it was actually, if, if any of if you don't know, I, I do not particularly like flying. I am overcoming a fear of flying. I am getting better, not necessarily with each particular flight, but every every year it just seems to get a little bit better. Uh, the hazards of Making actually the same. I was on literally the same flight, same flight number, all of that. Uh, Twenty-one years ago, when I flew out here the morning after my twenty-first birthday. Imagine what it's like having a uh, five-hour flight the morning after your twenty-first birthday. Plus, uh, I I was uh, I I was going into it raw. I didn't, you know, I forgot a disc man because it was that, you know, two thousand two. Obviously, there's no TVs uh, or anything like that uh at that time and uh i just kind of uh i just had to sit there and deal with uh the hangover for five hours and that started uh a a long journey of dislike of flying used to love it before that but today was great four hour flight normally it's five when you come uh east to west because you face those headwinds somehow we managed to get in in four hours it was pretty incredible uh the the, i'm sure a lot of you i i know some people had asked me to talk about it on on this show but uh there was a uh we landed so early we had to sit on the tarmac for a while because there was a plane at our gate and uh there was a couple in front of me who uh had all-out argument once we landed uh they waited until the end and then they just argued they broke up initially eventually they seemed to get back together but it was it it was entertaining, but I also felt really bad because I mean, it was just I, I just did not think it was a very healthy or good situation. But um, hopefully they find a way to resolve uh, whatever whatever is ailing them. But they were they were some younger. I think the guy was a little older than the girl looked like she was uh, probably uh, college age. So uh, did not feel like a, a good situation for them. But that's as much as I'm going to address it. Yes, I recorded some of it. No, I'm not posting any of it. Uh, I just recorded some of it to send to Sarah, uh, but um, nonetheless, uh, we are here now, though in LA, and very excited for it, uh, especially to get through the flight and all of that stuff. But uh, all right, so uh, there are several early enrollees who will be participating. I'm gonna, you know, give props to Clayton Safi for uh, for naming the nine uh, that are going to be partaking in uh, bull prep. Uh, Clayton Safey from On3, highly recommend that you subscribe over there, go follow. I do occasionally post on the Fort, uh, their message board there, uh, just as, uh, as someone that doesn't have a message board anymore. Sometimes I, I, I like getting involved, uh, and I really like what they're doing over there at On3. But um, those are my guys, Chris Ballas, Clayton Safey, Anthony Broome, They're Those are my guys, EJ Holland as well, uh, John Borton. I mean, they're all great people. But uh, obviously the most intriguing person that uh, the person I'm going to have my eye on immediately is Jaden Davis. Now, it is excellent that he is partaking this early, right? Because we don't know what J.J. McCarthy is going to do, and we don't know what Michigan is going to do. Well, it it seems unlikely that Michigan is going to throw him to the wolves by saying, hey, freshman year, you're good to go, right? Uh, But there have been weirder things, and certainly if there's other, you know, leadership You know, if you if you feel like you've got a good offensive line, you've got some running backs that can can do some things. Uh, It's a very hard schedule. Maybe it's not going to be as hard as it looks on paper, depending on what happens with Texas and uh, Washington. Uh, Obviously, some of these teams are going to be losing their quarterbacks. um, Oregon, uh, but uh, and you know those are two of those are the home games. But it it, you know it's still going to be a very difficult uh, road to hoe. So. uh, I don't necessarily think that we're going to see him out the gates, but to see him in the maize and blue to see what he does in the limited time that we'll get to see him, I think is very exciting. And his counterpart, Channing Goodwin, uh, especially just for the sake that uh, I, I I know I feel like this is kind of an underrated. I know I, I kind of slammed the wide receiver class uh, last uh, last week, but at the same time, it is kind of an underrated group at the same time, right? But me slamming them isn't because I don't think these guys can't produce. And certainly there's guys even on the roster like Fred Moore. I mean, if Darius Clemens can stay healthy and figure it out, then he could absolutely be a force. Uh, but uh, you need all of these things kind of, to kind of work, right? So um, it's uh, – it's. I just want to see Michigan get more blue-chip guys. Now, yeah, they, they got a Darius Clemens who's a blue-chip guy. They got a Carmelo English who's also been banged up as a blue-chip guy. Could a Am- uh, Marion Walker? Uh, sorry, yeah, I got that right. Amar- no, Amarion Stewart. Marion Stewart. Could he be the? Uh, could, could you know he? Could he come on really strong? I mean, he, he's going to be a little bit more diminutive in size uh, and everything. Uh, both of the guys are a little bit smaller, and that's why they're kind of looking in the portal for that six three six four guy. Uh, but that's where I kind of want to see Channing Goodwin. Now, Walk- uh, Stewart. <laughs> I'm going to really confuse Marion Walker and Amarion Stewart, even though their names are spelled differently. Uh, I, I I think I'm a little more excited about him, but you have to keep in mind that there is already uh, that uh, that connection between Jaden Davis and Channing Goodwin, and uh, he will be out here as well. Brady pre-scoring the tight end. Uh, and Michigan's got like just so many tight ends that are waiting in the wings that we kind of forget about a lot of them, right? Because they you you know you look at Colston Loveland and and uh, and you're like okay you know like what more do we need? Uh, he'll be around for at least another year as it is. Uh, But, you know, I'm excited about the Deacon Tony Ellis, the Marlon Kleins of the world. Uh, I mean, I I forget literally some of the guys that they have. But uh, nonetheless, I feel like even though he's really dropped in the rankings uh, over the course of since his commitment, when he was ranked about 45 or something like that, Brady Prescorn certainly has that capability to come in and play early. Uh, So I am really excited to see what a player like he will do uh, in the bowl prep. So it, it's just it's some extra work. I'm excited to see what they do. It, it's it's going to be I think just cool to see those guys in maize and blue. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I haven't yet to figure out how we're going to handle things tomorrow. Um, maybe we double up. Maybe I come up with like another general because we don't have anything uh, right now. Uh, to, so there, unless you know, there's probably not going to be any breaking news for me to to report on or discuss yet. Uh, but we go to Disneyland. Um, we leave here around noon for that, a local time. Uh, and then we've, uh, and then I certainly I'll, I'll have some, something after that. So the question is, is will there be something before? I'm not really sure yet, but we'll, uh, I know I say these things all the time. It's a little bit different cause I'm a captive. <laughs> I'm captive here in Los Angeles. Somebody save me. No, I'm all right. Uh, but I'm a captive audience here. It's not like home where I got inundated with Christmas things and family gatherings and things that I didn't foresee. Uh, but uh, with that now, that means that uh, now that I'm captive here, uh, we'll be around to do a podcast every day, and we'll have more and more stuff to actually talk about as the week goes on and even into the weekend. We've got some of our bigger things on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll get into, uh, into what the what's happening here in Los Angeles Uh, hopefully we'll do at least one or two scenic uh, episodes, try to have a guest or two, and see where we can go from there, so that'll do it for this episode though, thanks for watching, thank you for listening, we'll talk to you again soon peace